you know when you wake up from a nap and it's the, it's like not the good refreshed feeling it's the half my body is still asleep feeling yes so i had that and then i was like how am i going to po- i can't even like there's being tired on a podcast and it's like haha hoo hoo goofy but then mm-hmm. this was like i don't think i could form words I better go and walk around the apartment a bit and see if, like, the feeling comes back to the right side of my face. Luckily, it did. I don't know if you can tell. What the f*** is going on down there? Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh... It's uh, it's podcast day. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to podcast day. Hey, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. You could say I'm ready to podcast. It's, uh, it's time to stop that one now. No, it's really funny. It's like wizards pooping. It just keeps getting funnier every no. time I think about it. No, and the wizards pooping thing had its time long oh, ago. Oh, no, it came, it came back at the toy show. I didn't think I would get the giggles listening to my stupid videos I made, but I did. Uh, hi, TJ. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. Just, I, I, I don't know at this point if I, how happy I should be. Uh, you should be thankful that wizards make their poop disappear uh, so that we only think hypothetically about uh, the situation of writing an exam and then the student next to you just, just unleashing uh, like a, a full bucket uh, onto the floor. And making it disappear, but it doesn't matter. You were sitting there. You heard it happen. You can't. You, it didn't. They didn't magic away the memory of you hearing that happen, possibly seeing that happen out of the corner of your eye. So many better things I could be doing with a Tuesday night. <laughs> poop is always not. Nothing's funnier than poo. That's that's kind of it's written in stone. Um, but uh, we're here to talk about some Transformers, and Transformers don't poo. Uh, which is also confirmed in the canon. So but I've got a toilet paper transformer. Yeah. And, yeah. So existentially, what what questions we could ask, right? Like like a transformer who is what has he who, seen? Yeah, he is toilet paper. Yet there's no reason for him to be. Um, there's no poo in these listener questions we're going to be doing today. Uh, just pure listener questions. Uh, pure cut. High fiber. <laughs> Uh, poop. And uh, we're going to go into one right now. We got a listener question here from uh, Maddie, who is uh, part of the website staff. Uh, I'm almost fully al- aligned with this timeline, so uh, pretty soon I'll, it'll, it'll not take me as long to get these sentences out. But, um, Aaron, would you like to read this question? Sure. Greetings, WTF crew. First off, thank you for the entertainment. I've always enjoyed listening to the show. Question time. I often hear the phrase, it's not a perfect Transformer by any means, which got me thinking, what is a perfect Transformer? Is there such a thing? Since this question will undoubtedly have differing answers, can you name one of your own Transformers toys you define as perfect? Specific criteria aside, RID slash Car Robots Prowl has always felt like a perfect Transformer. Time and time again, I can transform it back and forth. It always feels fresh and satisfying. RID Prime Viacon, G1 Optimus Prime, and MP10 Optimus Prime are other examples. Looking forward to your thoughts. Click. It sounds like Maddie's idea of a perfect Transformer is Optimus Prime and also police car Lamborghinis. You, sir, should get yourself a clamp down. I'd have a real crisscross there going on. Uh, 
I have an answer that's not like it's more about the phrasing. I think the part of the reason people say it's not a perfect transformer by any means, ellipses, you know, as a, as a prefix, is because we're we're kind of a damaged enthusiast culture where uh, your ideas are, are like every every idea you present is coming from both a place of fandom but also a place of potentially uh, this is also a statement I am making that will be uh, engaged with on a debate level. Therefore. Uh, I should pre-negate my own positivity uh, to open the floor to criticism uh, of the piece that I enjoy. Uh, and, and I mean, I, I say the phrase all the time myself. It's very silly because it's like, yeah, there is no such thing as a perfect transformer. And like, what does it even mean to throw that in the front? It's just it's it's getting it's getting in front of the part where someone says, but it does this thing wrong. So you can say, ah, but I said it's not perfect at the beginning. Therefore, I've cut off your anyway. Um Perfect Transformer, for me, is one that has a very good transformation and some cool articulation and a satisfying moment of sealing it all up in the alt mode. That's kind of, that's for me, that's that's a lot of what I'm looking for. Um, and there's there's lots of stuff that does that. Like, off, recently, that unique Toys Movie Optimus uh, does a lot of that. Um, he's not super posable, but he's posable enough. His transformation is gorgeous, and his alt mode seals up like a dream. Um... DJ, have you got a perfection uh, factor for you with Transformers? I'm kind of in the same wavelength where I don't believe a perfect Transformer exists because I feel like there's always, like, even, like, I, I could describe, like, Cybertron Optimus Prime as my favorite Transformer toy ever, and it is. You know, and I can sing its praises. It looks, you know, it's big. It looks awesome. It's got a lot of different play features, a lot of different gimmicks that don't get in the way. You know, it's very solidly built and all of this. And then I go, but it's not perfect by any means because that's the cover phrase when you think you're getting too over, too, like, hyped up over a figure and you're just being too positive about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I mean is, like, we got this thing where uh, a lot of enthusiast culture right now uh, has this unwritten rule that it is also critique. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, and I say this as someone who's highly guilty of it, and I'm kind of like, we got to be more open to just like, we shouldn't use absolute words like perfect because that also makes it hard to know what you really mean. But like, we got to stop throwing in the whole thing where it's like we feel bad about liking a thing so much, uh, because it's not perfect. It's sort of it should just be one of those unspoken prefixes on like every sentence we're saying. It's like let's all let's all agree. It's like the in my opinion thing, which I'm also really guilty of always writing down. Or it's kind of like this should be implicit that it's not perfect, uh, unless you're talking well, about I, I action mean, master I mean, elites. Like... That those are perfect. Uh, anyone who says otherwise is is a villain, um, and a bad person. Anyway, sorry I cut you off. <laughs> I, I don't I don't necessarily mean like like it's it's a particular damage we have in a collector's culture. Mm. Just I feel I feel like I feel I feel like it I feel like it gets said as just. To kind of rear just kind of rein themselves in like if i'm typing that in a script for a video that is it's because i realize well i've gone for a while i need to balance this out a little bit so i'm not just gushing over this toy and putting all the negatives at the end i need to kind of go back and forth a bit yeah i i like the idea of where you, the prefix for that is is something like now i've sung a lot of praises and i know some of you don't like this toy so for all of you scum 
Uh, I'll list off some, <laughs> some, uh, some, you know, subjective cons. Like I, don't, I like being aggressive with that. Um, Aaron, what about you? What's what's yeah. your perfection uh, metric? Um, I'd say it's probably along similar lines. It's already been said. Um, generally, a good transformation. Uh, you know, a light on kibble alt mode or light on kibble robot mode and a no glaringly obvious robot parts alt mode and good posability are going to rate pretty high. Um, you know, when I, I, I think that you also both are pretty much on the nail on the head for the, it's not perfect because you're trying to remain critical of anything um, because I mean I know that I've seen people review things and be like this is the best transformer ever and it also makes you coffee if you ask really nice and it's like well, well no it, it doesn't it's not actually a robot it's yours, it's, yours, uh, it's a hunk of plastic I'm sorry yeah mine doesn't? don't either no that's a it's a Canadian thing especially you guys have this Toys R Us store too yeah that's okay, good okay. out there um, I'm sorry I didn't know I, I, sorry yeah thanks um, <laughs> a <laughs> But they, I mean, there are, you know, like I said, I, 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 everybody I think has seen reviewers that like they'll have a toy that does hit every button for them, and you know if uh, it'll happen with anything, sports teams, cars, whatever, somebody will say, yeah, well, I don't like X because probable, you know, legit reason why, and it's like like you just went and you insulted their dog. You know, of of a response back. So well, I guess it's. I mean, what if X is literally their dog? <laughs> well, well, right. But it could be something like, man, I've heard conversations in my office. And there's a group that's next to to where I sit that is very loud and and vociferous about any topic that you never ever want to hear about. And they were talking. You, you can, you they were say talking. They're not perfect by any means. Yeah, they're not perfect by any means. <laughs> but they were talking about. Like the difference between two just sedans, uh, because they're two very big car guys, and one of them was like, "Oh, well, it's just a Chevy engine in it," and the guy's like, "Well, yes, it's a Chevy engine, but it's like their top end, like special racing team engine or whatever, where it's like it's their premium engine. It's not like the little four banger that they put in all their Econo boxes." It's like their premium engine. Well, yeah, but it's still a Chevy engine. It's like, well, okay, but that's like saying that, like, you know, yes, it's a Chevrolet engine, but it's the the best one that they make with all the the stuff and the the greebles in it that that make it the really big honking loud brom brom. Yeah, yeah, but it, and and it's like, okay, there's no getting past that point in a discussion when it's a. Uh, Oh well, it's just a uh, type thing. So I, I should probably right. add, like, like some some of what I was saying. I also I'm not saying that necessarily from the position of someone who also likes to produce like review pieces, but mm-hmm. like I, I see it in just conversation in general. Like, and, and not even like it's not a perfect Transformers, you know, definitely our fandom, but like outside of Transformers, I just see that as like a very uh, common conversational thing. Still, I think it's a lot better now than it was maybe five six years ago. I think that yeah. Like enthusiasts, it's, people are, are kind of like, growing out of it. It's almost like a set phrase type of deal where it's like, I recognize that this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, and... it's, when, it's when you watch a lot of stuff that, um, 
because there's a lot of good stuff out there that can get you to think about you know the stuff you like um outside of you know the the layman perspective but then there's always the the stuff that pushes it a bit too far uh and starts to starts to sometimes unintentionally imply that you've got a you've got to take all things in life with a with, from the viewpoint of a working critic mm-hmm. uh and it, it, this happens, I think, the most and the most the most badly when it comes to film and TV, um, you, you know, partly because there's a lot of media on the Internet that is based on shredding stuff apart, which is usually really funny. And then you get stuff like your CinemaSins, which is uh, creating this like skewed viewpoint as to what digesting uh, moving picture even is. Uh, and then like, I've had the conversation with people and this is not related to that. It's just, that's the easiest example off the top of my head, but like, where you are talking about, Oh, I love the show. Yeah. I love the show too. Oh, let's talk about how much we like the show. And then it's almost like, it's almost like the, the button gets flipped and it's like, Oh, but now I must inject the cons list as well. It's like, but this part wasn't all that great. And I'm kind of like, it's not like that's a bad thing to do in a discussion, but sometimes it's so jarring. I'm kind of like, well, why are we going to talk about that? I thought we were having a good time talking about all the stuff we liked. I had more to say. <laughs> uh anyway that some of that is is me having a a very reflexively philosophical reaction to the the first half of the question Mm -hmm. mixed with having uh woken up about 40 minutes ago so hopefully hopefully i didn't trail too much during all that uh thank you both for being so patient with me um we're used to it uh, th- yeah, it's part of the contract that you don't know that you signed. Also, I have a question for Maddie as a follow-up, because this, this is actually the thing that fascinates me. Uh, this is a good question. However, when you... when Because Maddie... I'm assuming... This is how I'm taking. Maddie has his, his own uh, perfection metric that is satisfied by Rid Car Robots Deluxe Prowl, Prid Deluxe Viacon, G1 Optimus Prime, and MP10 Optimus Prime. Uh... What we have as data is it's something you can transform back and forth. Always feels fresh and satisfying. I'd say like two and a half of those four toys don't really have the same tactile feedback to my own taste. So I want to I want to dig deeper into Maddie's thing, but I'm not Maddie and he's not here. So uh, that's where I would I think that the, the fun you can have with this question is if you actually make a little list of things you would consider perfect and then a bunch of them don't have as much in common uh, that that's something you could dig into and have some fun with. So uh, I, I, I lay out that challenge to Maddie and to all our listeners who have lists of their perfect Transformers that have little to do with each other. Uh, all of them, of course, not being as perfect as something that's about to come out. Uh, we got we got some fresh movie masterpieces, and definitely they are perfect, uh, obviously. Uh, as with all MPM toys, a perfect line that uh, is by no means perfect, what with the trucks always kind of falling down a staircase while they're transforming. But... Uh, me and Seth talked about these a little bit, and uh, freshly, we have a packaging shot and new stock images for the Megatron, but I want to get your guys' takes on Masterpiece Movie Jazz and Megatron, uh, who are coming out in the fall and the fall, I think, <laughs> uh, of this year, but, you know, months separated. So, Aaron, uh, mm-hmm. we got two fresh movie masterpiece toys and they're being revealed at the same time because i'm guessing because one of them has the other one in its stock images so uh how are these striking you um oh my god they have the the spine part for jazz (laughs) 
like it's on topic it's in the movie yeah it's screen accurate that that very much was like yaha okay do they they really need to have like a ah! face then for him too it's kind of it is kind of messed up that like jazz movie jazz's defining feature is he got ripped in half yeah yeah um it's like masterpiece accessories are always things from like notable episodes it's like oh it's like it's like like the weather machine maker for like for like wheeljack and like raul comes with tracks and masterpiece movie jazz comes with a spinal cord so you can the ability to be broken in half yeah and so it looks like the spine didn't get ripped in half it actually just came with the top half out the bottom where yeah and then also like the fact that it comes with sam running with the cube with all of two paint applications on a chintzy plastic army man thing like that thing looks like a real target exclusive box set of two other deluxes with a figurine thrown in yeah like that 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 (laughs) banger can really be left behind (laughs) wait maybe he's in scale that's the thing like if he's in scale then we already have the iron hide i did this last week i'll do it again we got the iron hide there to go like some get to the building uh you can recreate that classic scene I mean, if if they put Human Alliance on the box, I might be cool with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, just slip that in there. Uh, also, like with the the thing, I didn't. I, I just realized, uh, actually, just now, this Megatron like has a slot for a cube to go into his chest. Is he coming with the cube, or is that the cube that the little Sam is carrying? Because that would be I, cool. the way that the cube that Sam is carrying looks like it's all molded in hand. Yeah, because that was what I was asking Alfia. So, like, what happens if? Um, or I said, what would happen if that uh, spine was not with Jazz, but was instead with Megatron? She's like, well, then you'd have to buy Megatron. I'm like, well, no, I don't want any of these movie masterpiece things. She's like, no, you'd have to buy Megatron. I'm like, no, you'd have you to. You would have no, to I, buy Megatron. I would have to buy Megatron, wouldn't I, dear? Yes, you would. Oh, yes, dear. I'm just cor- I'm just corroborating as an as a uh, an unbiased third party to this that you would have to buy. Uh, <laughs> yes, Megatron. thanks, I'm... friend. Well, I mean, you also have the. Yeah, the end of the movie where Optimus is holding Jazz's decimated corpse. Yeah. Right? Like, you'd have to have the spine come with him for that one. I think it is a little telling that uh, there are no photos of movie masterpiece Optimus carrying Jazz halves around. Because it's probably not actually possible without the use of some armatures and whatnot. Like, they really balance those two Jazz halves on that Megatron in the photo. It's like not only like not only does he come with a spine, he comes with two little like handles that are perfectly sized for Prime to hold on. If onto they him. put handles on him, I would have died on the spot with a big smile on my face. Because <laughs> like it's all kind of messed up, so to like push it that far would be would be you know pretty funny. Because uh, yeah, j- jazz jazz is like someone who deserves better, <laughs> but you know this is the hand the character has been dealt in this context. Um, how do either of you guys feel about Jazz as a figure when he's not bisected? Like, is he is he striking either of you as as looking like he might be tempting? Does he look like he's pretty solid? Or are you personally? I I I felt kind of bad about this. I like the paint apps on him, but I was kind of like, man, this really speaks to the effectiveness of that Studio Series one for transforming so well because it looks like a much better toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, it looks like it has the very good paint apps that the movie masterpiece have been decent about, I guess. But 
like I I don't know, man. A certain point, I'm I. It's still just a kind of crappy car with a kind of crappy version of of a character. Because like I, I'm I'm expecting, especially because it's a car one, the transformation is probably going to be really cool. It's just the the end result. There are some parts of it where I'm kind of like. It feels like you could have maybe taken a lesson or two from the studio series as far as yeah simplifying. And then how like some the thing, the fact that like part of the gimmick is that this guy can come in half. What do you think the odds of him being a like? Here's one part of car. Here's other part of car. Transform these two parts separately and then recombine at some point. There's a chance, but I would I would be genuinely surprised if that was the approach, and I'd be disappointed if that was the approach. Um. Like, if you had to separate them as part of the mm-hmm. conversion, that would be weird. Um, so, as, so Aaron, Aaron, uh, it sounds like you're not enthused, but TJ, what about you? How are you feeling about Jazz outside of uh, his ability to die? Um, I mean, he looks, he looks really good, but he also strikes that look of, this is going to be way more complicated than I actually want to deal with. I like the look of movie jazz, but like you said, I've got the studio series figure that's a lot more uh, intuitive than this looks like it's going to be. Yeah, like I, I think th- I think there's a decent chance that like um, in hand it's gonna it's gonna end up having some flow. Like Barricade, I thought had a similar thing where that like, movie masterpiece Barricade, I think is still the best in the line for ending up as a robot that that looks like the journey to get there was a lot harder than it actually was. Um, and I'm hoping that it ha- that happens with Jazz, but yeah, like something about it's something about the look of the robot and also the look of the poses he's been put in. Um, that makes me just because I mean the studio series Jazz is also pretty darn decently posable. Um, and so this one just feels like it's kind of bloated is the way I'd put it. Um, it's sort of the part where there's like that whole extra back panel of robot mode detail to cover the nice clean backpack. Mm-hmm. to make it look busier <laughs> uh it's it's interesting that that bit's interesting because it's like it's like movie accuracy crossed with toy aesthetic preference but you know whatevs but uh what about the main event megatron they're doing me an 07 megatron toy it's on studio series it's not what i want want but it's it's still, still darn close uh tj how's this megatron striking you this is this is this is the original hugo weaving this is before he gave up and became a tank You know, I've got I've got a I've got a fascination with it just because they made the design work, which is not something I expected them to be able to do. Granted, he looks a little bit a little a little bit bulkier in jet mode than I think the movie model was. There are some interesting photos people have been screen capping out of the film that I haven't watched in a few years, and I was surprised how close this jet mode is. Because uh, I, I felt the same mm. way, especially with the plank on the bottom. Um, yeah, I think the plank on the bottom is the biggest uh, downside to it. But the proportions are closer than I, th- I. I thought the proportions were a bit squished, but it, I think that um, some of the screen caps I saw, it's like they actually captured it pretty darn well. Um, it just it won't be able to to kashunk the wings out uh, the way they did in the film, which uh, that that is actually one of my favorite parts. So. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Uh, I wasn't sure how they were going to do with the wings. I I kind of hoped that 
on a masterpiece level, they might actually be a little bit more clever than just folding them up on the back. Yeah, I, so the the shots in the in the trade show floor, I actually thought the wings were fully like subsumed into the torso. Uh, it it looks worse in the promo shots, which is weird. Um, because it's still a pretty, it's still really cool how much that they're compressed. Like I, I I'm not gonna mm-hmm. take that away from it, but uh, I wonder if there's like I don't know certain angles where where that backpack just disappears. Fingers crossed, anyway. Um, Aaron, what about you? How's this movie Masterpiece Megatron striking you? It sounds like you were wholly excited to be forced to purchase it. Yeah, no. So looking at it, the between, so there's the close-up photo of him with like a pistol. Oh, that's and just then, his hand flipped over. So that is his hand? Okay. I guess in in the grand tradition of it's a transformer but made of knives a little bit different difficult to to maybe tell what i was going to say is that it was very interesting to see the way that it looks like that the like hand come like both of the arms coming together to make the gun yeah the, looked, the, the, but also the way that when he does that it looks kind of awkward because of the way that his shoulders and everything are and like you can't do that with yeah plastic well, it's specifically that is the feature that I would have actually like, you know, I would have strung, I would, have, I would have strung up a real big angry flag if that wasn't on a masterpiece version, and I still would do that if it was if it wasn't on the studio series version. I think, but uh, yeah, that that thing he's showing is, I think, most of the fusion cannon uh, is just his hands, his forearms, kind of fold back on themselves. Okay. Um, the thing, so yeah, the poses, both both photos of him doing it, the pose is not very good. Right, uh, and that's what I couldn't tell if, like, it's just a bad pose so it's not coming off well, because, man, my memories, and granted, it's been a while since I've watched the first movie, for for ill or for poor, um, like, it seemed like that fusion cannon was supposed to be a whole lot bigger than what this is maybe portraying it as, but... This is a lot thinner than I than uh, yeah. I but but the thing is, I think that in the film, it also, it's it's, you're seeing it in a huge upshot, and you're seeing it erupt out of him. Right. Um, that's that's it, what I was trying to sit there and think because like my memories of that, which more than happy to say could be incorrect, was like the fusion cannon was like the size of his forearms. Like he punches his arms together and then like it goes out of it just the same yeah. size, not like this looks like because uh. cuz the the current form is that the bulk of the fusion cannon is folded up into his right forearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is the the impression I'm getting, and yeah, I I, w- I would have liked to see this done where both for like if it was folded up the way it is, but in both of them, so it would be twice as thick. Um, I would have been more into that. Yeah. Uh, also, like again, this is that this is going to enter into where we need to get someone someone getting this in hand. But uh, the thing I'm worried about with this Megatron is actually the articulation. Um, all of his photos make the articulation look like it's it's like uh, very limited in a leader class toy kind of way. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not as inspiring as I had hoped. Uh, I, I genuinely feel if they did this in studio series, it would be a more dynamic piece to mess with. Mm-hmm. Um, cause studio series is just real good at hitting that balance. Yeah. Uh, I still, I still want to support this cause also O seven Megatron is, is my favorite Megatron outside of the last night. Uh, cause I like, I, I just prefer jet Megatron to tank Megatron. So 
there's this stuff going on here and the transformation looks like it's probably going to be pretty cool. And, and I'm, I'm convinced that they'd have to try really hard to screw up this transformation. It's not like, cause the reason the trucks screw up is that they have to seal up at the end of the day. And for whatever reason, uh, that tends to go better with cars than trucks in this line. But like, like this, this Megatron doesn't have to seal up. He just has to form a cohesive solid shape. Uh, and the slop is excusable. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Um, it sounds like of the three of us, I'll be the one test driving this, uh, cause it doesn't seem like it's really connecting with you guys all that much. Uh, just to be it's expected. It's not $160 connecting with me. Yeah. yeah. Cause you also have to kind of have a thing for this design going in. And this was the original, this, this was literally the original, oh God, these movie designs design. Um, I believe this was the first design that got leaked out way back in 06. Uh, it was the first massive discussion thread saying, what the hell are they doing? Uh, which I think is part of the reason I have like a weird nostalgia for this design. Uh, anyway, got your takes. That's what I wanted. Thank you both for your takes. You gave me what I wanted. Uh, which means we now get to proceed into some more listener questions. Starting off with one from Daniel Zonenberg. Uh, who says something I particularly enjoy in the design of Transformers is when the transformation scheme is what you might call physically comfortable, something the robot could do right in front of you. Beast formers are a great example because most can stay standing on their beast leg through most of the process. Watching Beast Wars is what made me realize I enjoy this. To further clarify, flying alt modes don't count because they can transform in midair and stuff like movie Optimus Prime rolling around on a highway and presumably filling his internal workings with chunks of asphalt disqualify themselves. Uh, do you like the style of transformation too? Does this question remind you of anything else that narrowly defines an enjoyable segment of your collection? I also have a soft spot for robots that can play the guitar. Uh, Generations Orion Pax being the best example I've seen. Okay, now I'm just rambling about things I like. Thanks for listening. I like listening to you guys too. Cam Jansen. Get it? I'm so clever. Uh... I remember the guitar thing with Orion Pax. It was, it took me a sec, but... Uh, it did connect with me. Um, I have a very minor one that I can just throw out there. I really like it when a Transformers toy has a weapon stored on its body, and then that Transformers toy is able to reach for the weapon that's stored on their body and draw it uh, into their hand without me, the user, having to use my giant flesh hands to remove the weapon and put it into their hand. So if they're able to actually reach the handle, grab it, and then disengage it, uh, within the confines of the toy's articulation, I am so into that. It's because you can find hidden ways to make it do it for your videos. Oh no, I hide. The, the, no, I I can cheat anything in my videos. This is this is a personal thing. No, I'm, I'm my, saying like way, ways to hide your hands as he's as he's doing it. No, no, one shot, take it. This this actually no no this is this is this is something I can hide easily. All you got to do for this is you do a you do a, a snap pan down to oppose where their hands near the weapon, then snap pan up to them pointing the weapon. Like I, I don't need this is entirely for myself. Uh, this is it's a thing I discovered it with Warbot Defender way way back in 09, 2010, oh, or whatever, yeah. and uh, it it really stuck with me. It's not very common, but it 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 hits a certain uh, giggle bone uh, inside of my body. Um, Aaron, what's your giggle bone? Have you got one? Um, I like, uh, I think animated did a very good job of kind of being along the way of what, uh, Daniel's saying here of like the transformation 
being something that would be that process and seems natural. So like animated was like the head reveal was frequently the last step. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that also had like, what was it? The deluxe Optimus prime. He could transform and come out of his transformation, swinging his ax. That's never left his hands. Yep. That is also uh, well in line. Know, that's well gimmicks, in line with what I'm talking about. Gimmicks along those lines, transformations along those lines are always cool because it's like, not just that it goes from here to here, but that the process was looked at, mm-hmm. like and, uh, as 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 a a part of it, not just as a thing that you do. The the, interview, the interview with uh, Alex Kabalski, who who worked on some of those transformations, is fantastic uh, about like diving a little bit deeper into that notion of like transformation mm-hmm. flow and uh, and storytelling through the transformation. Um, the the ocular max azalea that he worked on is actually i think one of the best recent examples of of flow in a transformation where it's a g1 rc and that toy transforms like she's standing up and it's it's, it's this wonderful um journey that is, is so smooth and so uh um intuitive uh it's it's fantastic i think the pink version just came out um and it's it's probably it was my third party toy of the year uh in that article on tfw um, the stealth version, uh, the transformation on that thing is so lovely. Um, Daniel, you should look into that, by the way, if you're listening to this. TJ, what about you? Uh, what's your? I just want to use the phrase one more time. Uh, what is your giggle bone? Where is it located? I'm trying to think if there's like a, a specific trick that I really like a transformer to do because it's, I, I don't know, like it feels like stock answers if I'm going to go with things like well. Any transformer that's got the jointage to properly use a sword, which I feel like that's been brought up before. So I'm trying not to go to things like that, but I, I'm. It's a thing, though. Like, yeah, I mean, it's I, a I can, thing. I can dig it because, like, I, I definitely get something. Um, it's a mixture, actually. I get something out of a transformer whose articulation, or really any figure whose articulation, lets them, um, convincingly hold a sword or a gun with both hands. Um, and the less expensive the toy is, the more it excites me when it can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like just having that right array of swivels and, and the right sculpts to get the arms close enough to the chest uh, to like reach across its own chest and, and look like mm-hmm. it's, you know, broadswording or, you know, aiming at a, a rifle. Um, those McFarlane Fortnite toys actually are one of the most recent ones for that. Like the 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 way that you can get the skull trooper to look like he's using a sniper rifle is, is like astonishing to me for that price point. Um, still need, still need to find one of them. Yeah. Also what, I, what I'm trying to say is your, your, your thing is fully legitimate. That is, that is totally yeah, a well, solid. I mean quality. like the way transformers are built generally, you're lucky to get a wrist swivel. So it's very, very hard to get a transformer that looks like it can hold a sword naturally. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's because there's only so much you can do when the sword's at a ninety degree angle to the forearm. You know, like I, th- I need, I need that extra swivel forward at the wrist, and there's very few that can do that. Yeah, Cogman is the one that jumps to mind for me. As Cogman, being... yeah, Cogman like, jumps to mind. Uh, the deluxe G two Optimus comes to mind. Oh yeah, that one. Mm. They almost, I think they said at the BotCon that was revealed at that like they were specifically giving him sword joints. Um, like his arm articulation was built around the idea of that sword. I mean, I mean, that's that Optimus Prime's thing. You have to. Yeah. 
but that was that was also like using that 2010 era money as well like really well where they're like we have all this money from these movies we will just fill his arms with articulation <laughs> um yeah i think those are i think those are solid like sword usage is is in general like a thing that's tricky with action figures um when it, I, th- I think it's like it's kind of like there's there's stages of it and on the lowest level if the hand is locked holding the sword 90 degrees to the forearm it's like all right well tell me that i can at least move the bicep so i can make it look like this figure is perpetually doing a blocking motion uh because that still look, looks kind of cool in photos um but yeah that was, a, that was a solid question thank you for that one daniel zonenberg um and if you haven't i'd recommend looking into that that alex kubelski uh interview um if you like transformation flow because that's kind of all about what your first paragraph here was talking about also i never thought about it but i do love the idea of movie optimus actually filling himself with chunks of asphalt when he skids around transforming in those like (laughs) you know dolly shot scenes um explains a lot about him maybe some of it just gets into him you know he gets too much asphalt into him and he just starts going all blood crazy um we're not going to see him again it's weird just realizing that the era of murder prime did kind of come to an end for the better but soon i'm going to be nostalgic for it and i don't know how to process that uh because it's not a thing it's not a thing i really want to like advertise how nostalgic i am for it but also i kind of want to anyway we got a listener question here that's very specific from gasaraki uh he says hello um i'm gonna truncate a bit as i see fit because the second to last paragraph was sorry for the long question please truncate as you see fit so i will do that for you sir um gasroski says hope all is well with you and you had a great christmas i suspect it will be after the new year by the time this is read so happy new year also you you were correct um i am an avid watch lover and in fact run a watch and horology channel myself and was listening to one of my other favorite podcasts today to my delight they discussed a rather high-end transformers watch featuring a tourbillon complication uh tourbillon is where the oscillator or regulator of the watch is housed in a cage that spins ostensibly to negate the effects of gravity on accuracy but in reality really does little apart from showing off watchmaking virtuosity uh and this is from the hour time podcast um which i, I did not get a chance to look at i apologize uh, uh the watch in question costs a few thousand dollars and in fact uh, is chinese made uh depending on whether you have the time to check out the links i'd like to get your reactions um uh the, the main thing is does this shock you um do you do you believe something like this exists I 100% am not shocked and believe this exists after we got expensive transformer shoes um, after we got, you know, G-Shock Optimus, an expensive Transformer be- who is designed to be the base for a watch. Mm-hmm. Um, like, after after the era of 06 through about 2015, uh, nothing surprises me anymore as far as Transformers tie-in product. It's like, oh, there's a multi-thousand dollar Transformers watch? Obviously there is. That's my take anyway. I don't know about you guys if that would still kind of blow your mind. Um, also, I, I've... I, I thought it was really cool that uh, how he explained what a tourbillon is because I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, I hadn't um, either. And that's that's really I like I like it because it's like yeah that sounds like something that had a practical application, but nowadays why would you do that other than to show off? Because of something actually he goes into later on here in the question. Because <laughs> um, he, he he mentions later on that he he uh, uh, 
gravitates towards mechanical watches, but he'd rather go with a quartz watch with solar capabilities, along with all the modern tech stuff uh, that comes with that, like GPS, sync, compass, barometer, thermometer, um, something like a G-Shock Mudmaster, perhaps, which would also be Japanese to boot. Because it's like, yeah, you can design a super cool tourbillon, like fully physical, negate the effects of gravity thing, or you could just get a digital watch. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like, um, so recently I saw... Uh, uh, it was something about the Timex, a Timex watch that was designed to go to the bottom of the Marianas Trench when, like, the first time they did that. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, it was Timex made, like, three or four of these watches to, like, strap on the outside of that. But when you look at it from the side, the watch is, like, two inches thick because it's, like, an inch and a half of glass and sealed cage because that's how much glass you'd need in order to like look down this very specific hole where the like optics of that glass is right so that you could see the the clock face. Yeah. But then you have this like like battle and piece of glass on the side of your wrist that you could like try and whiff past somebody's face and still give them a concussion because you yeah. know it it sticks out. That's that's so far. That's called it's like secretly that's, loading. that's cool. But it's secretly loading your spinning back fist, right? Yeah. So it's, like, it's like, I'm actually not even aiming at you with my fist. I'm aiming at you with the thing on my wrist. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. lodge this in your eyeball. But at the same time, that thing had enough mass that, let, yeah, you're going to lodge that in the other person's skull, but your wrist still has, like, three quarters of an inch to travel through, so you're also breaking your own wrist. <laughs> yeah. You know, it sacrifices, right? It's, it's the emergency. It's the the spinning back fist is not the main attack. That's the emergency finisher, right? Like if things yeah. are going bad. Um, just to, just to complete the question, uh, the the kind of the main the main question in here, aside from you know reacting to an expensive watch, is if you had to come up with a proper Transformers watch collaboration, not something with GF faces slapped onto a two dollar watch at Walmart. Uh, what would you like to see in the product? Quartz versus mechanical, automatic uh, features, complications, abilities. What brand do you think would be most archetypical to do such a watch? Uh, cheers from down under, Ivan. Um, this is where I say that my education in watches is about as wide as this question where I learned what a tourbillon complication is. So, um, I don't know. I think I would say I'd like to see a swatch because when I grew up, I had a lot of swatches, uh, swatch watches, uh, that I got in Germany. Um, and I would like it to be mechanical because darn it, if, if I'm going to get a fancy pants watch, I do want the show off you one with a tourbillon complication, uh, that, that like has all the mechanical workings and stuff. Cause it's like, Otherwise, yeah, I could also I, I just go get like a fifteen dollar digital watch and then not wear it because I have a phone. So yeah, if I'm if I'm gonna do it, I want it to be fancy pants. I want it to be artisan. I want it to be bespoke. I want it to have moving parts. Um, I want it to be so it's like if I pull on one side of the watch, the thing actually like auto morphs into a different shape. Um, I think that would be kind of cool with all the gears. So still is that working. why it has the 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 tourbillon or whatever? That's right. So, so that you pull it on one side and it like flips around and it looks like a it's all like red and it's Autobot themed, and but then you pull it on the other side and then it's like do 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 do, and then it's all purple and Decepticon themed. Yeah, except it's not except, digital except for, in any way. Except for so. except for it's a music box as you pull it to make the the do 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 do. What I was gonna say is I don't want it to make the the, the actual sound because it's gonna be fully mechanical. That would just be me making the noise if I do it. But yeah, something like it. It's like it's an Autobot symbol, and then if you tweak a thing, it morphs into a Decepticon symbol, but it's still working the whole time. I think that would be kind of cool. 
Um, I don't think Swatch would be able to do that. I just don't know the names of any watch companies. Um, Aaron, are you going to secretly surprise me by being like a total watch expert? No, not really. Uh, TJ? It, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that I know is very interesting, and the engineering that goes into uh, mechanical watches, like, I appreciate, uh, because, like, you want to talk about kind of crazy when it gets down into design levels of things. Watchmakers are, are right up there in, in the engineering world of, like, don't bother them. They're, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. That's that's great. They're crazy. No. Well, yeah. They're, that they're, looks. They're still enacting uh, a style of engineering that is like what centuries old. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, often now mi- like near microscopic in in the level of parts being used. Mm-hmm. Or it's like not microscopic, but in the space of a thing that's about the size of a very large coin, there are entire multi-threaded mechanisms going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. That's what's amazing to me. I've watched a couple of videos of like assembling where you have a dude that has the, you know, the the velvet mat with all of the parts on it and then a time lapse of assembling the thing. You're like, "What is that? That's Oh, those are little little tiny teeth. Ooh, this will be a good one." And then you sit there and you watch it and then like 3 quarters of the way through you're like, "Holy crap, it is a watch. Okay. I thought it was just a <laughs> bag of parts. Awesome." Uh, and also, it's one of those things that is the analog mechanical thing that can do something we have digitally. But hey, if the satellites all fall down, watchmakers are going to have uh, some game because they'll be the only way to tell the time. Uh, right. I, I like stuff like that. It, it's that it, it's, stuff like that is, it, um, is stuff that like I wish I could just learn through YouTube osmosis. Uh, it's it's making watches and gutting fish are the two things I wish I could just like learn by watching videos because i feel like that will be important stuff to know if uh as i said all the satellites fall down um i have watched a lot of fish gutting videos and let me tell you i actually don't get too much out of it other than grab all the guts and throw them out but i'm like i'm sure i'm I'm missing something is there something beyond that i think it's like fish to fish sometimes it's like well in this fish you don't want to just grab the guts because they might explode or on this fish, like, no, just yank them. They'll all come out in, like, one solid little package that's, like, uh, super gross looking. Okay. Um, but then I also saw a thing about, like, how to how to disassemble fish and that there's all these things about uh, some of them you can slice through the bones, some of them you can't, etc., etc. And I'm like, man, this is a whole skill set I do not have. Um, regardless, uh, TJ, are you going to suddenly surprise us and be all like, well, actually, I know everything about watches. I just don't bother bringing it up because you guys don't know anything about them. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, all right. No, no. Uh, We're three for three. Offhand, Excellent. Yeah. Offhand, I, I don't think I can name many brands other than like, other than like uh, Rolex. And I don't think they're going to make a, transformer rolex anytime soon i forgot about rolex i literally forgot that was a watch <laughs> brand i was just like swatch and uh because it's in the question g-shock and yeah we talked just... <laughs> about that the G- g-shock went a little bit ago come on yeah but that's it i i forgot rolex is a, is a watch brand that's their whole thing too no. yeah yeah it's their it's kind of the whole thing to do um <laughs> no like I, I don't have like any clever answer for this. It's just like you know, if the, if if we had a, like our actual transformer watch, yeah, I'd I'd kind of just want like whatever classics incarnation of the chrono forms there that we could get. 
That's something that's that... what... Okay, good. That's what I had in the eighties. I had a little. I had a little black watch. I could turn into a little robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I'm uh, still kind of surprised that like a um a more obvious uh, chronoform resurgence didn't happen at all yet amidst the litany of branded and um, object oriented transformers that have come out since uh the movie money came in um i mean when the first movie money came in they made a fake watch yeah and and it was a very cool toy uh which which was i think the closest thing we had to any like it wasn't a chronoform homage really outside of happening to also be a watch but it's the closest thing i think we've had because <laughs> like well yeah g-shock optimus has nothing to do with chronoform in any way shape or form when you look at him He's he's just a weird thing that turns into a weird thing that you can put a watch into. Um, but yeah, I'd like I'd like to see chronoform stuff again, or like on a third party toy level. I'm like I'm like digital watches. I assume you can get really cheap ones now, uh-huh. and so I'm kind of like, well, I feel like that could have been a thing. Like you know, make a design and design a transforming robot, hook up with a, another factory that makes digital watches, just stick one of those assemblies in there. Yeah, I mean we we've seen plenty of the monstrosities where it's like, oh well, you have to keep like this chunk open because we have a voice box in it. Yeah, or music label Soundwave being a real garbage MP3 player uh that takes up, you know, the space of like a sliver of his stomach and it's like music it's... label Blaster being a uh USB hub. Yeah. Like like something Or not music just... label device label, but yeah. Yeah, you take you take like a a two dollar you know kind of you know trash digital watch and just like make it a panel on the front of this toy's chest. Uh, I, f- I feel I just feel like that's very doable given the other things that have been done. Given that we have apparently a very decent USB power bank that transforms into Optimus Prime out there. Um, yeah. A two dollar three dollar digital watch uh, thing stuck into a chest. It just feels very doable to me. And I'm, I'm, I feel like the boat's also been missed on it, oddly. Like, I, I can't really explain why. It's just a, a, it's a, it's a feeling I got. I mean, we've had examples like Heinrad, who literally is, just has a watch. Yeah. For, oh, like a whole, like a whole alarm clock built into him. Yeah. yeah. And I'd forgotten about Heinrad. One. He's the last one that did that. So I'm like, I feel, I just, I got this, you know, it's like when your leg twitches because you think a storm's coming. It's like, I kind of got this, like, this inkling that, like, the time came and went, like, that window's closed again, and we got to wait for another one to open. Um, further gut feeling is if we get a Bumblebee movie number two that takes place in the late 80s, that's when the window will open again. Uh, I have nothing to back any of this up other than intuition, so, you know. Don't ask me for my sources, because they don't exist. But, um, yeah, uh, Ivan Gasaraki, I hope that we answered your question somewhat decently. Um, as a watch enthusiast, I'm sure you got quite a chuckle out of hearing us struggle to remember watch words for the last few minutes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to remember to check out this video link, though, because I want to see what a Torbion compilation, uh, or sorry, complication, uh, actually looks like. Um I have I have said the word Torbion before because I think I watched an anime that had it in it. I think it was like a word in the opening theme song. Uh, uh, the only place I ever came across the name, and it might have just been a pun on the name, was the name of the band that did Kamen Rider Kiva's theme. Oh, that's where I heard it! I just, yes! <laughs> I was like, because I, I, I saw the word, and I was like, I know that's pronounced Torbion. I know that's a French word. Why do I know that? And I that's where it was okay thank you tj 
That's that's just fixed what would have been probably far too long an evening of digging around on YouTube trying to figure out why I know that word. <laughs> uh Anyway, yeah, thank you, thank you, guys, Rocky, for the question. Uh, we got one more question here um, from the Brick Lord. TJ, do you want to read this one? Uh, yeah, I can. All right. So, dear podcast crew, first off, I want uh, I want to let you know that I am also one of those kids who grew up on the Unicron trilogy and have been listening to you guys since I was eleven. I, I, I'll say I, I need I need my need my extra thick glasses to read this one now oh yeah hang on i forgot to take my medication for the i gotta take these off right as pills anyways the question is how does one make friends in the community i've been trying to actively participate more by posting and commenting but i was curious on what all uh your thoughts were on how you make friends and meet people in the community thanks for the response Lick. Right up front, what I'll say is uh, to the Brick Lord is you are doing the right thing. Actively participating by posting and commenting is kind of like 80% of that. Uh, although what I, what I would say is you don't necessarily have to just do it in one place. Um, but doing it in one place means that you become uh, someone who interacts with the same group of people a lot. And then that's how you uh, create friends and meet people in the community. Uh but that that's kind of that's kind of the hardest science there is to it. It's a mixture of that and being open to conversation uh and not being a jerk. And that's kind of the the holy trinity um on a base level. Uh kind of speaking for myself uh and Aaron simultaneously when it comes to specifically transformers, I think that in our case uh, we also had a whole lot of in-person time at uh the early aughts botcons. Uh, that mm-hmm. uh, is kind of the root of, but it's probably the root of how uh, the podcast stuff came together was a lot of early aughts bot cons. But if you're able to go to local shows of any kind, that that is also a way to kind of speed things along, although that comes with the hurdle of then meeting people in person, which can introduce a whole lot of social anxieties that you either are, are aware of or will suddenly be made aware of, um, which was kind of in my case is how that went. Uh but yeah, uh, you're you're doing the right thing. Um, I, I guess maybe if you can think of any cool discussion topics that are within the board rules, you can post some threads and maybe people will kind of go like, ah, oh, the Brick Lord, the one who comes up with all the cool discussion topics. Like, that could be a thing. I don't know. Because uh, outside of that, like, the science of connecting with people is, is anything but a science. Um, you know, don't trust anyone who tells you they have all the tricks to make lots of friends because they're, they're probably just going to try to sell you something um in my experience <laughs> uh but i don't know like um like tj uh have you got any any, any ideas to, to bounce off of this uh or or because i mean you've you've in your case you, you've got the unique position of like being somewhere where you've been able to go to the same show basically several like a whole lot of times in a row and uh that's a, you know that that's not saying that that's like the one and only place that you've connected with people but that's that's a way to connect with people. I think like TFCon in Toronto has been one for me where it's like, if the, if there's a show related to your interests that you're able to go to every single year, um, you get to know people who are at that show, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, cause there's always people who go to the same show every year. And if you happen to be one of them, you're going to cross paths. You're going to recognize each other a little bit more every time you do it. And you know, eventually that just becomes your con friend. Right. You know, and, oh, and that, you know, and, 
it's the internet age, so that extends to just being a long-distance friend eventually. And I've got a lot of friends that way. Like, I think half my Facebook came from Metrocon. Yeah. Because, like, I just get to know everyone there eventually. Yeah, the, the, uh, the local the local convention, um, if you're fortunate enough to have one that is you know, at least close enough to you can call it, you know, at least semi-local, like, that is huge. That is a, that is a huge way to, to create, like, a kind of a local friend group, or at least, you know, a group of friends who all have a similar geographic area. You know, it gives you other stuff to talk about as well. I, actually, I'll throw in another one. A big part of meeting people in the community is also um, having other stuff to talk about outside of the focus of the community um because then you're you're having conversations with people maybe when folks don't feel like talking about the one thing uh that like a message board is about Um, that that can also be pretty huge in like the transforming community itself i will admit i'm i don't don't know i get a bad rap in some areas just because i'm so antisocial no one else has anything to go by other than hearsay so uh (laughs) i'm not qualified for the question exactly I I, I, got, I got stuff like that going on, too, every now and then. Yeah. Like, I, I can get very hermited up, and it's like, I'll talk to people I've already met. Um, but as far as new people, it's like, I I've, I think I've gone at least, like, a year once where, like, I kind of just didn't meet any new people. Uh, and it can create an image of aloofness, uh, most definitely. Um, but I think I think... That's not necessarily something everyone has to worry about. That that it's it's kind of that comes coupled with if you're participating in like a commonly like digested piece of media like a podcast, um, then like yeah, like conclusions can be drawn that are not necessarily true. Mostly, it's my own fault just because I'm not posting around and I'm not creating those conversations and I'm not you know I am not being actively social. Hmm. Although what I'll say is there like you know part part of the back of that is you've got a group of um you know a a circle of friends you're already talking to and um that actually leads to one other thing which is like once you do connect with enough people it's kind of like if you feel satisfied with all the people you know you can just kind of like you can you can go all right i got my circle of friends i know um and i think just the main thing the main thing to me uh once you hit that point if that feels like a point of satisfaction is just don't don't be closed off if other people try to join the circle um you know, just in general, if you want to make friends, just be be chill and welcoming, and that just tends to work. Um, that's kind of been my approach uh, throughout the the more more recent years. And early on, when I was a lot more like eager and stuff, like a lot of the friends I have in the community came from going to BotCon every year. Like that's basically how I know Aaron is mm-hmm. we were always at the same, they were always at BotCons all the time with the same group of people, and then eventually Aaron and like about the three or four other people are just like, I've been to six botcons with these people in a row. They're my botcon crew. Uh, and like that, that's just how that happens. Um, which I guess really just shows the power of, of meeting people in person, I guess. Um, Aaron, have you got anything else to throw into this? this yeah. One? So, um, you know, trying to make friends definitely like, I, I, I don't know with what I would like where like every trying to roll back to a spot the level that goes between like friend and acquaintance what that tipping point is is first off kind of going to be di- a little bit different for everybody mm-hmm. um but in in my reasonings my my feelings on it is a lot of it like I have a lot of internet acquaintances a lot a lot of internet acquaintances um but there's a certain point where you know we have you know 
sat down and had discussions or, or done whatever in person makes it really easy to tip over into what I'd say like internet friend type of thing, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. so getting those in person, like FaceTime of, of actual discussions. And, and like you said, you know, being able to talk something other than, you know, the thing that we all go to the board for the thing that we're all at the convention for, um, goes a long way to it. Like, the biggest issues that I've seen with people before is the ones that are like, I'm at a convention and now I'm going to find all of these people and we're going to have the bestest time because we're all friends and friends forever and blah, blah, blah. Like, I frequently think that that'll end up running into, like, that you're the guy that's trying way too hard. And that's a thing that can very rapidly, even if it would have been like, hey, yeah, let's go, you know, let's go get lunch. Uh, because, you know, we're both here, we're both between things, like, let's do this, versus, like, oh, and then I'm planning a lunch with this person, and then a lunch with that per like, be ready for it to just be a thing, and let it roll the way that you would if it was a friend that you'd made at school, or a friend that you'd made, you know, through work, or through, like, a shared you know, volunteer experience or something, because as soon as you start over planning it or, or, or like I said, with the whole, you know, you, you kind of become one of those, that guys of just like, just, I just, I just wanted to go to lunch and thought we could chit chat. It didn't need to become a whole thing. I think, I think uh, kind of the, the root of that uh, is, is uh, that it kind of bounces on something you said earlier? Is a lot of people also have different kind of boundaries on how much they 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 do the whole like just um, yeah. uh, fandom friendship thing, and and it, it's a whole lot of stuff that we, we've touched on this I think in convention press before. There there is unfortunately no hard science to it, and it can be daunting and frustrating. Um, uh -huh. to, to, like from person to person, depending on your circumstances, depending just on your own social comfort levels, um, or you know maybe even like some um social setbacks you might have. Uh, so in general, like what I the, the best advice I've ever been able to give, which is still kind of soft, but it's it's one that I think is the easiest thing to try to find your personal definition for that that won't end in um necessarily immediate frustration or or having. Uh, unfortunate bad moment with someone is uh just kind of maintaining a sort of chill um to everything you do and by that i mean a, a sort of relaxed approach um a relaxed approach where you kind of roll with what happens um you you don't get too attached to things going perfectly and uh and you, you just sort of you, you there's a bit of reading the room into it, which can be very difficult. But if I leave that part out, it's a bit of you just want to we want to go and be friendly with people. And then if you feel you're getting the reciprocation you want, you keep doing it. And if you feel like that reciprocation is not happening, you amicably uh, move along and go like, hey, I'm just going to go and do another thing over here. And uh -huh. uh and kind of go with that but yeah like this this also like that the more we talk about conventions the more we also enter into the longer conversation of of social interaction face to face which is is going to be how you make friends the easiest but it's also the most difficult uh if you're purely going to stick to online i've seen it happen i've made friends online where it is just repeat interaction with people with whom you get the best vibe um mm -hmm. And and that is again a lot of it's personal stuff, but it's whoever you get the best vibe off of, and and importantly whoever gets the best vibe off of you as well. Those are going to be the folks that you get to know the most. 
um, just within the message boards, you know, going to certain threads all the time. Um, like I mentioned, not being confrontational or being a source of strife is, is huge. Uh, a lot of times the people who are known for being a source of strife tend to be the topics of conversation rather than the participants. Um, and this, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to worry about being the one who shakes the boat all the time, but like in the context of just transformers, there's a certain level of like, is it really important to like go to battle over this? Um, and it's just in general, in my experience for the, the kind of soft definition I have of the phrase chill, that tends to be, those tend to be the folks that are in my life the most and that seem to connect with other people the most. Um, uh, maybe not chill the way that I consider chill, but like a different permutation of it that works for another group of people. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of the root of it. Uh, I, I said this on, on Twitter earlier, but like something I think is really helpful is, is doing something, taking some kind of class, reading some kind of book that can help you, um, feel comfortable with the, the notion of letting go of a situation or a, a pursuit. Uh, in my case, I, and I think it's, it, it can help anyone. Improv classes are fantastic for that. Uh, just for being able to, um, with less effort and less pain, kind of just let go of something that isn't working out, mm -hmm. uh, and not feel bad about it. It's a very difficult thing to do. Um, if like, or at least more difficult than you might think it is, but improv is one route that can make that a lot easier to do. And in general, that makes a lot of social stuff easier to do because yeah. you don't second guess everything that just happened. Um, and worry that maybe you screwed it up. You kind of go like, Hey, maybe I screwed it up, but also that happened and I can't change that. So let's just continue on. Um, yeah. and then being able to do that, will it will resonate with some people. Um, anyway, hope that helped, uh, the brick Lord. You guys have anything else you want to throw in there or shall we move into? Yeah, just, I was just going to spin on that a little bit. I know, uh, I, I've also seen the other side of things is people like, you can have that awkward guy coming up to you and there's also a point where you're kind of incumbent like if the awkward guy has come up to you to just be able to go like all right well that's cool i'm going to go do something else like you you don't have to be subject to that as well yeah and also interact well i'll throw one more in interact with people and don't 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 necessarily let other people tell you how to interact with people yeah, because uh, I, I have definitely had um, some fantastic interactions with folks where if uh, I, you know, quote unquote, listened uh, to a, a larger group who were talking at one time, maybe I wouldn't have gone to interact with that entire side of the room. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm talking, I guess, oh, man, I didn't even think I was doing this, but I'll say I'm talking about like just pure social whatnot, like when it comes down to, you know, far more hard, hard topics, like there are going to be times where you probably don't want to interact with folks like say folks who don't think you should exist. Like, yeah, you don't it's not on you to go and reach out to that uh, that demographic whatsoever. But in in the realm of just like, you know, a, tr a transformer show, someone's like, oh, man, all those folks over there are, are drawing. Uh, they're all drawing fan art with crayons. Huh. Uh if you roll with, if you let, if you let that, you know, dictate that you are not going to interact with people who draw fan art with crayons, you might be missing out on some really cool people who draw fan art with crayons. Is what I'm saying. Um, so you know, be open to stuff uh, on a on a social level. Um, obviously, personal limitation or limited personal boundaries are always going to be paramount. Uh, 
etc etc uh there are probably way more effective classes dedicated to social interaction that could share the stuff better than, than than we can but yeah i hope that answered the question i hope we didn't trail too far off into conventionville given that was the question was kind of based more out of message board interaction but uh yeah keep doing what you're doing keep participating that's the main thing we're gonna participate in talking about what we got this week which is us spending money um Maybe even on Transformers. Aaron, did you get anything that was on topic to this podcast, that being the brand of the Transformers? I did. Well, all right. My, Bonus points. My my Power of the Primes, um, the Primal Prime. Yeah, what is he called? What is he called? Yeah. <laughs> I, the boxes in the the giant box that he came in. The one what came with the throne. The one what came with the throne and the crown and, and the beaten stick. So that you can dudes go into yeah, so that you can the jam club. You you can yeah. jam time and energy and space and knowledge into this club, and then beat the snot out of someone with it. <laughs> Almost as though it were some kind of infinity club. Yeah, by your powers combined, I'm bludgeoning the crap out of you. Yeah. Um. So he he definitely feels like his tolerances are better than the first time I got this mold. Hmm. Um, where it just the but how the the shoulders and the hips are specifically um between the two of them, this later one in like Optimus primal colors rather than the optimal optimus colors uh just seems to to fit pose and hold a little bit better um and he comes with a crown and a beaten club. I don't know. I've had it open for like two hours, so. Are you going to keep the spinning wheel of gods? Uh, I I mean, I'm going to keep all of that packaging. I just, man, I really wish that it wasn't just just a like a form molded piece of plastic sheet that that is all of that. Like, mm. it's cool the way that it's built and is you know obviously done inexpensively, but like it'd be cool if that was real. ABS plastic assembly, but I uh, I wonder if someone at least floated the idea somewhere of doing that in plastic, and and then it was determined that the demographic of people who would actually put all thirteen Prime Masters into a wheel is small enough that they'll probably be satisfied with a plastic tray in the shape of mm-hmm. a circle. Uh, speaking as one of those people, I feel like they made this too real, and that is all true. <laughs> I would like it to not be formed plastic, but I'm like, man, how many of us are there who would care? Um, well, congratulations, uh, you got it. Anything else on your end that yeah. was on topic? No, that was that was it for on topic. Um, and it was fun convincing DHL to yes, really leave it here for sure. Yeah, yeah, I want it. I want you to leave it here because I got a notification, a text message notification that. Uh, that they tried to deliver, and mm. then I tried to go through their thing of like, oh, well, can you redirect it today? No, you can't redirect it today. Okay. Um, they're, so, a very, they're a very business day-oriented company yeah. in my experience. Well, it was, <laughs> I, I'd gotten that text message at like 9.30. Yeah. I was, know, that happened to me once, and I called them at like 9.32, and I was like, hey, the delivery says it's in the afternoon. Can I get this redirected? And they're like, oh, well, the person who's carrying it actually is already en route, and we cannot get a message to them until end of day. And yeah. I was kind of like, well, that sounds like that's your problem, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So like I go I go through their thing and try and 
like get it to redirect and it kept kicking weird errors like no i just want you to like send it to my office across town i i know that there'll be people there like me that could accept the package so like let's do that and it kept kicking errors i'm like fine i'll sign for it here and then you just deliver it without signature and then it was like two or three rounds of like poking at buttons until finally i found the right one on their mobile website cancer version that uh let it happen Mm -hmm. and then i had a package and the box the exterior box was rather beaten but everything inside was fine because amazon uh dot jp does the same thing of like putting it on a piece of cardboard hand it with shriek crap and then it stays suspended like in the middle of that box so yeah Oh, they're, Tech, they're solid. technology i want amazon uh us to pick up because like oh, i've gotten okay. way too many things just mauled by them if i'll say they have the technology it's more eh. <laughs> yeah i guess it's in the building but eh. uh well moving on from there tj did you do any on topic uh what we getting this week uh just one all right so, uh, on route to pick up something that we'll be getting to in off-topic, mm-hmm. uh, my target just randomly had a Siege Shockwave. And for whatever reason, I decided, okay, I guess I need to pick that up. What you're doing is you made the bold sacrifice to support the brand uh, by paying full retail. Let let's call it that instead of instead of like stupid impulse purchase. Well, those are not mutually exclusive, is what I'll say. Uh, you can do both. Um, perhaps the positive spin I did is the thing that happens after the impulse to make the impulse not feel as bad. Uh, but you know that you got it now, so you don't have to think about it later. It's you you paid the um, quickness tax. You know, it's like you have to pay that extra fee when you get food delivered, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an impatience fee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, so, welcome, welcome yeah. to the club. He's a he's a really nice Voyager toy. It costs Definitely. way too much, and you should yeah. not buy, buy him at retail price. I he he is of the two of them. He's the one where I'd be like, if spending an extra fifteen bucks ain't necessarily the end of the world for you and you think this looks cool eh, just do it you know be be decadent with us be a be decadent this is your this is yeah. your piece of chocolate yeah i i think i think it was just a knee-jerk instinct of ooh, i i needed a decent shockwave that actually fits with the rest of my collection for a long time and yeah. uh it's right here and I don't have to wait months for it to go on sale. And also, you know what? If he was sold as a Voyager, I think some of those joints would not feel the way they do. That is actually a genuine <laughs> belief. That's not a. That's not a. I'm making up reasons to feel better about buying a, a leader class toy. Uh, <laughs> having having messed with him for a little bit, I'm looking at him, and I it was it was messing with him and the Megatron at the same time, where I went like this Shockwave feels built categorically better with more stuff in in his joint construction uh making him feel like a more solid figure i feel like that's part of what i ended up paying for 
Yeah, because they would have to they would have to make it up somewhere because even with the even with all of his armor bulked onto him, he's nowhere close to what you'd expect out of a leader class. Mm-hmm. And I then messed with Power of the Prime's Rodimus a little bit, and I was like, this felt like, this is a figure that felt like he was missing a bunch of stuff uh, f- from getting bigger and bigger. Um, so I don't know. That Shockwave to me is just like a pretty it's to me a good case for compressing the price point rather than expanding it if that makes any sense um Mm -hmm. he just feels really Mm -hmm. good i mean he feels like a good toy like he's he is very solid he's got the look down he his full battleship mode looks absolutely awesome Mm. there was part of me that was later on going you know that armor really should have just made him look like Galvatron's ship, and I would be just, like, over the moon about this toy. <laughs> I would just need curvy stuff, right? Like, we can we can get someone yeah, to do that. Yeah, just curvy stuff. Get... So, yeah, someone's got to be able to do that. Yeah. But, like, like I, I have I have my my inklings with the with the toy. Like, I, I wish I could do a little bit more with the armor than I can. Mm-hmm. Just because there's a whole bunch of parts it comes with, so he's, like, part it's like part cog here. Yeah. Like he it's like combat system built in. But I feel like there's just not enough pegs to do what I want with him. Like I've got a lot of I got a lot of ports across all of his little armor bits. I have very few pegs for actually utilizing them. I felt the same way when I was trying to get creative with uh with some of the armor bits on him. Um, I feel like if, if there's a wave one stumbling block for this line, it's that it's that they've, they've opened up this peg and port five millimeter system and then not actually put enough things onto the figures. Um, mm-hmm. and not, not even in a way where they're preserving aesthetics. Like I'm talking about stuff that's on the back of the robot mode where I'm like, there should, there should be more connection points back here. Um, or on the mm-hmm. armor bits where, you know, they already have pegs and things on them. I'm like, why didn't she go more crazy with this? <laughs> Let like let me let me do some actual like building toy stuff out of this thing. Um, yeah, it's very close, and it, it you just need some interstitial like you know peg and port planks, and I think you get you could get you could get nuts with it. Yeah, like there's there's potential there. It's just every every now and then I hit a spot where I was just like, God, I wish I could fold a peg out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I got I got I did a few things with the armor that made me a little bit happier with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, like being able to swap the shoulders around and turn like the extra shockwave gun arms into like over the shoulder guns helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I just wish it was a little bit more versatile than it was. And then to get to like the vehicle mode, I love how it looks with all of the armor. Without the armor, it's like it literally is a submarine. The the thing that makes the naked alt mode work for me is that bridge. Uh that light pipe. Yeah. The light pipe's a good touch. Something about that like suddenly made the upside down submarine nonsense click for me. Uh I think it's it's just giving Wait. it a focal point. Like it's just for me anyway. But Well remember, it's not an upside down submarine. It's just a proper submarine at that point. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, like I, I described it that on, I described that on Twitter. Is this toy made me purchase it at Submarine Point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I think it's also those little those little fins that fold out of the side of what would be the gun handle where it's like it's just it's like just enough to finally go like, OK, now you're at least you're actually like it's not cynical like it was with six shot where it's like this is the gun upside down. Like six shots <laughs> feels like it's a thing that they're like, look, he's teal and black and it's obviously not a gun. And then like it went by legal and they went and they put it on the like, table upside down and said how about and this and then they're just like yeah and the legal guys what if clunk and everybody else is just like how hard are you going to fight on this and he's like i don't know i had a paid lunch i can be here till nine tonight okay fine fine submarine whatever um because because yeah, uh, that that shockwave alt mode is definitely an upside down G one shockwave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, for for it's kind of like it is that, and then maybe the bridge optic and fins will will like suddenly just send it over the line for you, like it did for me. But I think it's very much it's very much a personal taste thing. Like if that if that's the thing that does it for you, oh, it does it, but it it also might not. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I think I just wish he had a little bit more vehicle to him in them in that like that naked vehicle form. Because mm-hmm. mm. he j- he just kind of seems like just a purple stick with a bridge. It's all about getting him on that flight stand and getting the shock fleet pod on another flight stand, and then like taking a photo of them looking like they're flying in formation. Uh, they got to make some fiction for this. That's what they got to do. Uh, but yeah, it, it's sound. It sounds like basically once you forget how much you spent on him, you might you might be way into the shockwave more. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we uh, we we got into this before. It was like you had a thing about like leaders that you didn't want to pay full price for, but they were great if you got them on sale. Mm-hmm. And then like I I was paying full price for those leaders and going, I'm perfectly happy with these. These are very very nice figures. They're the size I want, et cetera. Et cetera. And uh, now I'm with you. I'm, I'm absolutely on board. Finally, I've brought you over to the <laughs> to the side of virtue, <laughs> virtue and coupons and discounts. <laughs> um. Well, I'm glad you got him because also you got the better one of the two, in my opinion. Uh. Yeah. Well, the other one of the two has a better version coming out, so I'm this, perfectly this, happy. This is also true. Um, well, over on my end, I, I got a thing I can talk about that I have forgotten to talk about, I think, for multiple weeks in a row. Um, so I'm just gonna throw it out there because this also took this took a month and a half to get to me because it got stuck in mail limbo. Uh, granted, the shipping was free on it, but this is a third party toy. Um, uh, Twitter.com slash uh had put up some photos of this many months ago, and I was like, what the hell's that? I want it. And I was sent to tfdirect.com and I ordered it. Um, is twenty U.S. dollars shipped? Uh, this is NBK's Mega Master. NBK is a okay. This is going to be a bit of a journey, so you guys have to have to stick with me on this for a sec. Once upon a time, a third-party company called Generation Toy made a really cool third-party Devastator that was kind of aesthetically their own. A company called NBK then knocked off that Devastator at fairly high quality as well. Uh, That company, NBK, then made this toy, which is 
uh, Megatron whose gun mode can be held by their knockoff of that third-party Devastator. No one knows the root of this NBK Mega Master toy. That's part of what drew it to me, is that it seems to be their own designer, or at least one that they bought, uh, as opposed to their Devastator, which is uh, someone else's design that they then co-opted at their own factory. That is the story of this guy. Also, he's a very G1-looking Megatron who turns kind of into his alt mode from Machinima Combiner Wars. Uh, that kind of like super scope looking uh, yeah. uh, cannon um, that also drew it to me uh, or drew me to it. Um, the The main problem with the figure is that he's very much not painted anywhere. Um, I think he's he's enormously just unpainted plastic. Uh, and on the head, that is the problem because he needs some black paint inside his mouth and on his eyebrows. Um, he looks so happy. He, yeah, because that head sculpt's also fantastic. It's it's the super happy G1 Megatron head. Uh, but also, like, this toy transforms really, really well. Like, you have to remove the cannons on his arms and on, on his back. But, like, the, it's a pretty cool transformation. Uh, the alt mode is solid. It's it's a really it's a really neat space gun for Megatron to turn into. Uh, and it's it's the you know, it's a toy from the best part of the Machinima Transformers trilogy, which also is now no longer legally available to be watched anywhere, um, which is this new story we actually didn't cover. But Machinima, like, imploded or something, just disappeared. And uh, yeah, and, and took all of their productions with them, <laughs> uh, which I still never I never finished Power of the Primes. And I'd kind of like to. And here's what I'll say. Those those shows were garbage and they sucked uh, for the most part, with a few gems hidden inside, thanks to enormous efforts put on by some of the voice cast. Uh, no matter how bad those shows were, they exist, and I think it's it's a bad thing that they're no longer legally viewable anywhere outside of Combiner Wars being on a pack-in disc with a copy of one of the live-action movies. Um, so hopefully this is rectified legally, uh, if not, I mean, yes, you always got kiss anime or whatever, but, uh, that's not optimal. Um, anyway, this Mega Master thing is a really cool figure. The, the articulation of robot mode is also pretty good. Like it's, it's not like stunning, but it's got most all of the major points for 20 us dollars shipped. I think this figure is fantastic. Uh, the robot mode is roundabouts Voyager size, I think. Uh, okay. And it's it, it's it's a really good figure. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, he's about it says on the page I just saw he's six point three inches tall uh, in robot mode. Uh, and then hey, if you have Generation Toys uh, Devastator or the NBK knockoff version, they can hold this. So you know, congratulations, you got a you got a new gun for them. Um, anyway, I hadn't talked about that on the podcast, I don't think. So I wanted to finally give that one its due. Um. Either of you guys trying to figure out if you have twenty bucks lying around, or is this uh, be... the link you sent us to is sold out? So even if I did, oh, is it? Oh, nuts! Well, well there, there when it it it'd normally say like buy this thing, it says sold out. I didn't even look at that part. Hold on, hold on, let me look again. Nope, yep, still sold out. Uh, what if I do a search for NBK Mega Master? Oh, this isn't showing up any. Well, we'll sort this out later. But NBK Mega Master is the name of uh, of the thing. Not to be confused with Wei Jiang's New Evolution Mega Master, which is their masterpiece, MPO one sized 
uh, Megatron that in fact wasn't a full-on knockoff of anything. It just looked a lot like one to its discredit, unfortunately. is actually a fairly original piece. That's not what we're talking about, though. Um, so yeah, that's our on-topic what we got this week. Uh, hope that you all um, feel satisfied, because now we're going to get off-topic. Dirty. I have nothing off-topic, unfortunately. Um, Aaron, do you have anything off-topic? Uh, does car repair count? No. Okay, it was just expensive, but it doesn't count. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, that's just you. You all you did there was set fire to some money. I mean, that, granted. Yeah. You I mean, can, it, you can still do it, it. Means I can still use the car, which is an important thing. But yeah, no, that yeah. was my that was my big expense. That and like ordering a bunch of stuff that would be more on topic, but that doesn't come in until the first. Well, here's, your, here's how it works. You know how when your car drives, right? You're technically setting uh-huh. fire to, to gasoline in the yeah. engine. Yeah, yeah. So every now and then you have to also put some money in there uh-huh. and set fire to that. And that's yep. that's that's, that's what I positive. did. And then they were positive. like, hey, here's here's all this other money that you also probably need to spend soon so that you're not spending even more money when things go even worse. So that's, cars don't are ever, jerks. Cars have it. Don't, you know what? Don't, don't buy a home. Don't buy don't buy a uh, a car. Don't don't buy anything that needs maintenance. Don't. Don't have a body because, like, you should probably go to the doctor at some point in time, and and doctors never going to say, "Oh yeah, perfect health." There's nothing that you need to do. It's always going to be, "Well, you could stand to diet." Here are these things that might help. Here are these other things that you probably need to do. The dentist, and if you go to the dentist, it's always like, "Yeah, you need to floss between these teeth better. You need to do that." You can't ever win. Don't, don't leave the tree. Stay in the tree. Just just don't. Yeah. Just just don't. That's that's the best answer. The tree is full of fruits, nuts, and bugs. You can subsist off of those for perpetuality, or in perpetuity is the word. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, life advice, by the way, is a, is a new segment on our podcast. Um, it is don't do anything. <laughs> uh, TJ, what about you? You mentioned some off-topic stuff. Yeah, got a couple things. So what I went... Uh, what I went to Target for was something that blew up my Twitter feed as soon as people started finding it at every store ever, which was the uh, Mega Constructs Scyther from their Pokemon lineup. Oh, I saw your photo of that thing. That thing looked baller. Uh, yeah, apparently this is one of the better kits they've ever made. Uh, so thankfully they took a while to get to my favorite Pokemon because... I've seen some of the ones in the past and like I've seen the toys just sitting on the shelves and I've been curious, but some of them look frightening. Mm-hmm. Like Dude. a lot of time, like anytime they decide to try to make the Pokemon's head out of just bricks, there's something a little bit horrific about how it comes together. So this is where this is where you send them the message of like, hey, listen, I know you didn't do it on purpose, but thank you for uh basically going through a, an entire couple of waves to make a good version of the good pokemon yeah yeah <laughs> uh it does help that scyther has a lot of unique elements you wouldn't be able to brick build he, like aside from the size themselves you've got the wings that are a unique component the heads that is a unique component so uh a lot of what he's built from is just uh essential essential stuff that's been molded into its own unique parts and then all the stuff that isn't isn't part of his identity like legs and abdomen and all that that actual brick mm-hmm. and it because of that it kind of satisfies the itch i've had for like an actual posable scyther because he is exceptionally articulated 
Yeah, I'm, I'm clicking through some pictures, and it looks kind of like it's not quite the same, but it's like that thing that uh, they do when they do minifigures of like you know He-Man and stuff. It's like like this is a brick build minifigure, but by virtue of how they do things, it also just happens to be an affordable He-Man action figure. Yeah, yeah, something akin to that. So yeah, these are this is a lot of fully original parts. Someone. Someone working on this brand on uh, at, at Constructs at Mega Bloks friggin' loves Scyther. Like this is some this is someone in your in your in your pocket here. This is someone in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, in my tribe. Yeah, because Scyther does not get a whole lot of official stuff. No, <laughs> like no, he is one of those those outlier Pokemon because he's not he doesn't fall into the cute category that's super marketable. No, he's he's just a terrifying knife hand monster. Okay, okay. You you watch what you say. Is is that an insult? What I just said. He's not a monster. Listen, their name is Pocket Monsters. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, technically he's a monster. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, listen, sometimes I call people humans as well. All right, it go it goes in every it goes both ways. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, hey, hey, wait a second. What's it? He can slice a tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even use that. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a mega because, block. So here you, you can also build a sliceable tree. Anyway, we're going to keep adding was, more yeah. new molding to this action figure we're making. <laughs> yeah. So, well, because like a lot of them come with little bases and things that, to stand them on. This one, they decided to incorporate an action feature. So like he comes with what is essentially a flight stand and a little lever that you can twist him and send him uh, turning into the uh, log that gets cut if you got him in the right pose. So, one of those ways you add action figure to, like, a Lego-style toy. Yeah. Also, I'm just doing a Google image search. It looks like yeah. either either it's official or someone made a really good one, but there's a cool picture of this Scyther next to a Mega Constructs drill. I think the Beedrill's an actual kit. Okay, it looks like they're giving each other a, a high five with sharp objects. Yeah, so apparent apparently this apparent apparently Mega Constructs gets a couple things a little bit like why didn't you do that sooner? Because apparently, like for all the ones they've made, Scyther is apparently the first kit that uh the little Pokeball, the little brick built Pokeball that comes with these things, actually pegs into the base it comes with. Oh. Excellent. Because before that, it was just like a prop or something. Like it would just roll around, basically. Yeah, like, like which they don't make Ash or like any of the characters from the anime, so I don't know why it just have Pokeballs lying around for nobody to hold. Yeah, it's just his house. It's just sitting there. Uh, yeah, because a friend of mine got um oh, one of the other constructs kits. I think it was a Wave One kit. Um. It was the the not a Dratini, but you know the the blue dragon looking fish worm thing, Gyarados. Yeah, Gyarados. Uh, yeah, I think this is actually Gyarados. Yeah, uh, someone someone was telling me that this the the Mega Constructs Gyarados was also like kind of incredible, because um, it, it you know granted that's also just it has to be a bunch of like ball jointed pods put together in the shape of a snake but the way that they assembled the face and everything and the scale of it like made for like this kind of solid pokemon action figure um yeah i am i am myself way more into scyther than gyarados so this is this is more promising 
Uh, but that's awesome. And also, grats for finally getting a solid Scyther action figure. Like a 2019-style solid Scyther action figure. Yeah. Because my options before this was one that was done in, like, 2000, and it's rare as hell. Like, I've seen it on eBay once. Yeah. Mm. And it probably can't do everything this one can, I would assume. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Excellent. Well, th- now that you hit this, like, have you got another, have you got anything else you want Constructs to do, or have they kind of, have they have, have they just given you your nugget of gold? Oh, it, oh, it, it's it's the beginning and the end for me. Like, I like they do whatever they want from here, I'm happy. Yeah, you made me my Scyther. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Uh, that thing looks pretty badass. Um, anything else off topic on your end? Uh, just... Little weird things that have come in, mm-hmm. you know, like like I say, Scyther doesn't get many official toys, but apparently they did plushies for like the original one fifty one. So I got that one that came in, and it's like Scyther uh, week. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Flavor of the month. Yeah. Uh, as far as actual toys, the only other thing I got, and this is just me finding little goofy things. That I uh, so I got the idea, like so I've got those little tiny actual arcade games mm. that I like posing with my Glyos figures and something in my head thought I wonder what kind of prop stuff I can find at the 112 like figure art style scale so like something in my head got the idea that I wouldn't mind making a display for those kind of types of figures it's just like a Japanese arcade yeah and ended up with uh or actually a set of Gashapon machines at one twelfth scale. Which uh I've been playing with mm-hmm. a little bit. So just as far as little dumb props go, uh it comes with like all these like blank sheet like all the all these like generic things that you can stuff in, in there for labels. Mm. But like I have a printer in Google, so screw that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like I've got a little Pikachu one, like I posted in the chat here, where I I have Common Rider build actually buying a Common Rider build Gashapon and <laughs> I dig that. So yeah, and uh, and j- just for the sake of uh, consistency, I also did one for Glyos. So I've got like a little Bitfig machine. Ah, that's cool. Oh, I, I think I saw a photo of the, of the Bitfig machine. I didn't I didn't catch the entire context because it, it was I was like busy doing my uh. Some off-site work I've been doing lately, but I, yeah, that thing looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just a dumb little prop thing, but, like, the idea is, you know, like, a couple of machines, they make a crane game, too. Mm. And the crane game also comes with, like, little cardboard things to put in, so, like, I'll just make whatever I want out of that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like, I, I just got, I, I like the idea of just making this little set, you know, instead of just having the static backdrop. Yeah. Hey, pepper some things in. I mean, even just pepper whatever. Sometimes I just put a power drill back there because I forget that I left it there. But, <laughs> you know, it's orange. It's colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's cool. I keep eyeballing those little arcade machines because they have them at uh, Walmart here now. They are just expensive enough that I don't want to, but I also always eyeball them when I see them. Yeah, every now and then they go on for pretty good sale. Yeah, yeah I, it, it's the thing. I when I've seen a couple of arcade machines that I remember playing like with back in the day, I'd be like, man, that'd be so fun to have, just like for ten dollars cheaper. 
Yeah. Like, no, no, okay. Uh, well, if I ever catch them on rollback, I think I might snag one or two. Because the, the, regardless of their probability, just the the um, the quality of that tiny screen when it's running the actual emulated game is is really hitting some some notes for me. Hmm. Um. Yeah. 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 It's it's cool to see in motion. Just the fact that it does such a good job of simulating the original game. Yeah. Oh, weird. I thought... Sorry, I, I just got distracted. I think that Discord just gave me a pop-up saying that Discord can't update itself, and I'm kind of like, how's that my problem? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Discord's um, going to make Discord's problem your problem. Yeah, well, maybe Discord can talk to Craig, and then we can all... They'll, they'll keep each other entertained for a few years. Um, That's very cool. I like the, I like the little Gashapon machine. I like that it's two... I like it's a double-decker. Uh... Reminds yeah, me of you've got you yeah you've got the option of side by side or double deck. Double decker to me is like actual proper get like wall of gash upon machines gash upon machines. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Awesome. Uh. Any anything else on your end you want to hit up? No, that'd be it. All right. Well, then uh, I'm going to say that we accomplished a podcast. So thank you all for listening. Uh. uh but if you want to hear some more about uh about about tcgs we've got some podcasts up about that if you want to hear some more about tfcon la uh, i recorded with tfcon's colin uh and if you didn't check that out all i'm going to say is you probably should because we go into some deep wtf tfw origin lore in that one uh is all i'll say is that uh, is that beta canon or is that like actual canon no it's actual canon it's pre-episode one it's prequel canon but it's still canon so, um, so something just going to get written in a few years, and this will be pretended like it was just some book that gets forgotten about. No, no, this this is legit. This happened as part of the history of this podcast. Um, it's it's the uh, never going to be heard because I don't think anyone has them saved anywhere. Prototype recordings from two thousand six, uh, when we had an eight person podcast along with a producer on the line who was using his headphones as microphones, um, trying to give direction very loudly on his end and thus he came through as this tiny little voice over here we couldn't hear uh the very first what we got this week section we were talking about the two-pack classics optimus prime with the spinny waist gimmick it wasn't called what we got this week at the time but it was that was a a bit that we did uh anyway i'm not gonna spoil everything you should go listen to that thing that we did with uh with colin But uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We will talk to you later. We'll have more podcasts later, so stay tuned for those. And until then, uh, stay safe and stay juicy. Add all that up. I don't know what the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.